0: And welcome to First Geek 411. My name is Cameron, and I'm your host for this week. And with me, as always, my best man, Chris Nicolay. Chris, how are you doing this week? Well, hello. I'm doing
1: great, actually. It's been a a good week. Or two weeks, I guess. Mm -hmm. For us. But um, Easter weekend was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I had my cousins visiting, so we ate like, kings nice yeah it was weird it was great it's great it was great yeah
0: i feel like we How have a you? lot of like general geeky stuff to talk about since we didn't like since last week what ended up being um deanna and i doing our star wars celebration thing yeah but like we do. we're gonna have to save that for another time like i feel like so much news has happened but this week we are talking um our top 10 cards from war of the spark which is the latest <laughs> magic the gathering set
1: a really exciting Magic the Gathering Mm -hmm. set. Um, Like, if you were to see our show notes, you would see that Cameron originally had, like, 20-plus cards on his, most of which were Planeswalkers. Right. And had to narrow it down from there because there's just a lot of fun cards in this set. Um, I, myself, picked, like, completely ignored creatures, mostly, like, the spells in this set Mm -hmm. are just, like, okay, okay, that's abusable, okay. Yeah. So I
0: think my original list had like 20 something cards and nine of them are are planeswalkers. And then my current list spoilers has five planeswalkers on it. So it's still half planeswalkers, but I feel like I could have just done a top 10 planeswalkers from, from this set. But
1: before we get, there's enough planeswalkers in the set that it, that you could. Yeah.
0: And that brings us to one of the big themes of this set. This is the first time we've, we've really had a planeswalker matters theme. Um, with 36 Planeswalkers in the pack, and then Tezzeret being the buy-a-box promo. Um, so kind of 37 Planeswalkers. Like, there's been sets before, like um, Battle for Zendikar, um, or I guess it was Oath of the Gatewatch, technically, that had some cards that cared about Planeswalkers, um, but this is the first time we've really seen Planeswalkers as a theme where they're in every single pack.
1: Yep. Right. And like so like yeah, they 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 did a good job I felt like like looking at these cards. Um also because now we're also seeing them all the way down. Not only are they in every pack, mm-hmm. but they're at three different rarity right. levels. Um so you do ha- we do have a few mythic planeswalkers, um several rares and a lot of uncommon ones. Mm-hmm. Um but they did a really good job in my opinion at balancing out these cards whereas the uncommons don't have like staying power necessarily because they only have negabilities right um which are really good so they're not really Mm -hmm. designed to um boost and then ult. right like they they're they're there for the static ability while they're there and then they have like pretty much a sorcery spell that you get to use for their negative ability yeah
0: Um, one of the cool things that we see with that um is that so in general the mythic planes or all the planeswalkers in the set have a static ability the mythic planeswalkers with the exception of one have three activated abilities the rares have two activated abilities typically a plus and a minus and then Mm -hmm. the uncommons just have the static and then a minus like you were saying and i think that plays in really well obviously with like one of the set mechanics which is proliferate which is whenever you would proliferate you get to add another counter of each type that's on that permanent or player yep um and I think that that's really cool. And I'm it's, it gives you some cool longevity to some of those uncommon planeswalkers where like, maybe you can just get one more activation out of them, but for some of them, like that one more activation can be a really big thing.
1: Right. Like it's like some have just like removal for Mm -hmm. their ability and having additional removal um, is always going to be good in any game, especially one that's just sitting there, they get to get you get a reuse and, um, in terms of our favorite format commander you get a politic with mm. um stretch out the game as long as you can i don't know um but yeah yeah well with that also other n- another mechanic as we had mentioned um in previous episodes just so we are covering all the bases regarding the set um is also a mass which is on a lot of cards is kind of a sub theme um so what a mass does is um, I just had one so I can yeah, read it. I know what it does, <laughs> but i'm I'm similarly um,
0: afraid of miswording it,
1: yeah, so a mass it's uh so it's a mass and a number, and what it means is so put a one one counter on an army you control, and then if you don't control control an army, create a zero zero black zombie army creature token mm-hmm. first and then you put the counters on so essentially like um there's a lot of synergy with it like where you just can get this creature that's going to get bigger and bigger um it's an Mm -hmm. army creature you know uh it well it's its own creature you know in general and then as you cast more things it's just going to continue to grow and i really like it as a, a it. mass
0: as an ability i i figure there's gonna probably gonna be some janky deck that just turns their permanents into armies and then they can amass onto other creatures um but that we're
1: kind of getting into just mm-hmm. like janky decks at that point but <laughs> i feel like there's, there's something right but i mean it's a cool sub theme where you're gonna like mm-hmm. cast a spell doing this and your army gets this or cast a spell does this and then your army gets bigger anyway and it's on the field or yeah. um cast the spell for to protect right. yourself and then also you get a blocker because now you have this army on the field uh things of the sort and it's all in all gonna be a really fun set um obviously we get the return of proliferate as we had mentioned um and then i don't know how like they went about the set but I, I, this deck is, this set is just mm-hmm. going to be chaos. And it's not, yep. it's going to be interesting and limited. Like, it's going to be interesting at pre release for the set because mm-hmm. I don't That's know It's going to be very I'm, hard be to
0: evaluate for. when you um, have basically like enchantments right. with upside, is essentially what all the uncommon planeswalkers are. Is like, they're basically an enchantment, but they also yes. have an activated ability, but like,
1: exactly sorcery speed ability unfortunately so i mean like it's like a less like good mm-hmm. enchantment that would normally have an activated ability because you have you can't do it at instant speed or yeah. things of the sort but all in all is amazing maybe good. also the flavor text on these cards yes it's just the best flavor text ever yeah. but it's really okay, good maybe not necessarily ever but i it's they go together so well um or like there's certain cards that i was yeah, tempted to throw on very there just because of that flavor that text. I'm just like, like
0: mm. but yeah. I, I still need to pick up like the intense. novel. It dropped today as of recording. Um, and so I need to pick it up and read it. And um especially now that and we do know how the story ends through the cards, um, which I think is good because I know Theros block got criticized a lot for that. Um, Where like some of the major story beats weren't on cards. And so... Um, but at the same time, I'm really excited to see how a lot of the story gets filled in. And so with that, let's get to our top tens. Oh, and as a reminder, we say this every time we are not competitive players. Um, we come to this primarily through the lens of commander. Um, I play modern and a little bit of standard, but we definitely have a bit more of a casual thing. So these are not the most competitive cards that you could go win a tournament with. Um, typically these are just cards that we are excited about playing.
1: Right. Or they are, and we just don't know it. Like, I, I mean, there are definitely some cards that we'll be right. talking about that are pretty abusable um, in yeah. the standard meta, in modern, potentially. This, I, I'm looking at some of these cards, and I think there's a lot of mm-hmm. potential to impact modern. Um, but also, modern later this year, we're getting yeah. Modern Horizons, which is reprinting yeah. legacy cards for modern as well as brand new cards specifically for modern mm-hmm. um so it should be a really good set for uh, yeah also for, for edh, EDH. kind of like battle bond <laughs> but with that um chris oh
0: and we yeah. oh, it's one more thing this we do not typically actually list these in a one to ten and so we're not saying that the f- first card listed is our favorite or the last card listed is our favorite we just kind of go
1: Hell, I usually yep. don't even yeah I go typically' in order. Don't I put them down in Exactly. it's mostly like transition, for that card that you just talked about Cameron uh,
0: and so with that Chris <laughs> for real this time, <laughs> why don't you start us off with one of your cards
1: um so one of my favorite like actually my favorite mm-hmm. cards in the set are actually the finale cards um the family, finales are a set of mythic sorcery spells that cost an X cost and two of their color um and they each have a hey do x thing but if x is 10 or more Mm -hmm. you also get to do this um and right now my favorite of them is the red one called finale of promise and it's a it's x and two red as i'd mentioned uh you may cast up to one target instant card and or up to one target sorcery card from your graveyard each would convert a mana cost X or less without paying their mana costs. If a card cast this way would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. If X is 10 or more, copy each of those spells twice. Mm -hmm. You may choose new targets for the copies. This thing is going to be ridiculous if you can pull off the 10 or more. You're getting two spells, up to six spells essentially, because you're getting two spells Mm -hmm. with three three activations. right because you have two copies, the original copy plus two copies.
0: Yeah.
1: Or casting it from your graveyard I guess is really the ultimate thing. Um and then yeah, it's going to be it, it's just right. and you get an instant the, and a sorcery from your graveyard.
0: like again, we are going to hit on some cards that are competitive but it's kind of accidental. Um like Finale of Promise is hearing talks about modern because it's three mana, get your Arg light Phoenix back. Um with like a Serum Visions and an opt in your graveyard. Ew. It's red red one opt serum visions, swing with Phoenix. Or or opt Faithless Looting, swing with Phoenix. And so it
1: I wasn't even thinking about that. I was mostly thinking of like um maybe having something like yeah. extra turns cards and now you get three of those oh, yeah. on top of whatever else you decide to cast yeah. um you know in terms of edh it's 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 a good like mm-hmm. well let me buy some me some time let me see what i can do with three extra turns as well as i'm gonna ping you all to the face so much or do x something yeah. else i am mostly thinking about this for my niv mizzet deck is why um so it's my is it deck that Mm-hmm. just cast things and then now you get all the triggers and draw all the cards and mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be a fun card um also red is getting crazy when it comes to things like this um yeah i think they're I, they're really um, doing I a lot to right bring now. red and commander red is just, up
0: to where it kind of needs to be um one of the things that I like about the finale yep. cycle is that they're, they're all references back to hour of devastation where there was the hour of blank. And then now we have the finale of blank. And I think that's a, it's a really cool like cycle just to hear that, like to see oh, yeah. that callback. Um, we also have that with like, um I don't think we have any of them on our list. No, cause they're not necessarily great commander cards, but the triumph cycle where we have Gideon's Triumph, Jace's Triumph, which is a callback to their defeat cards and How- Hour of Devastation.
1: Um and
0: I think it's really cool to see those themes revisited.
1: Right. Well, one card I really want to cast with this mm-hmm. is Insult. Double, 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 sounds right. double. Double, yep, so... Two times, four times, eight times. Yep. Everything I do is eight times more damage. Seems good. Lightning bolt for (laughs) twenty-four. Four. Yeah. Now that I've done that, lightning bolt. Like now that I've tapped most all this mana. Look, I have two left. So lightning bolt. (laughs) My first card
0: um, Uh, is also in the finale cycle. Um, it's the blue finale, which is finale of revelation. Um. And so it's draw X cards. If X is 10 or more, instead, shuffle your graveyard into your library, draw X cards, untap five lands, and you have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. Exile finale of Revelation. Um, I really like the random cards that kind of give you an emblem. Um, Like Praetor's Council was one from Mirrodin Besieged, that like you cast it and you just have no hand size for the rest of the game because YOLO. And so I, I think that that's really cool on top of the fact that you can mm-hmm. like spend 12 mana, but you get to untap some lands. So you actually have stuff you can do with those cards you draw. I forgot to say it's a sorcery. Um, so it's not like you can do this at, at, in, at your opponent's instep or something. But I think that that's really cool. I really like this card. Um, it's going to go into my Ojutai Tai deck. Um, yeah.
1: Yep. Shout out to the other finales though. Like, we might as well tell you what they do. They're not on our top list, but they're great. So finale glory sticks to white thing is the white. Um, create X number of to- creature tokens, starting off with two twos. If X is 10 or more, you create you X four four white angel create, creature tokens. So you still get
0: the two twos. And then you get the four fours.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah. Oh my. So that, that card's even I completely missed like the also. That what Um, okay (laughs) yeah then there's finale of eternity which is the black one which is destroy up to three target creatures with toughness x or less if x is 10 or more return all creatures from from your graveyard to the battlefield so
1: yeah it's a wonderful card it's i mean it does what black does it's also Mm -hmm. good graveyard recursion gonna be good really good in commander again um finale of devastation is essentially a mm-hmm. green sun zenith on steroids um it's x and a, and two green search your library and or graveyard for a creature card with converted mana cost x or less and put it onto the battlefield if you search your library this way shuffle it if x is 10 or more creatures you control get plus x plus x and gain haste until end of turn so it's also it's so it's a Car, creature card right. to the battlefield plus Crater Hoof. Um, yeah. It's a good card. It's yeah. mm-hmm. going in my elf deck. It's, it's like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, So get Crater Hoof and then <laughs> get Crater Hoof with fi- Finale of mm-hmm. Devastation. Boom. <laughs> to kill everything in sight. But yeah, um, uh, but still my favorite is finale of promise. I I like yeah, Finale of, of definitely. Of that. Finale of my Revelation is my, well, my favorite, but um, I, I really series. like Finale
0: of Promise is probably my number
1: two. It's so good. I'm I mean, probably because mostly because like I've been looking at these mm-hmm. cards more so because I've been playing Niv mizzet <laughs> a little more often. So I'm probably becoming more of an Is It player, whereas before I was like exclusively creatures where back when that was the time. I would have picked probably the strictly better Green Sun Zenith uh, Mm -hmm. in finale of Devastation. But with that, what is
0: your next one?
1: My next card is (laughs) Giddy. Well, we'll go. Yeah, we'll just. I'm just going down the list today. What's going on with me? Um, is Gideon's sacrifice, um. I really like the idea of this card. It is good, just in general protection, which is what white does. It costs one white. Um, it is a common, and it's an in instant speed. You choose a creature or planeswalker you control. All damage that would be dealt to dealt this turn to you and permanents you control are dealt to chosen permanent instead. Um, in terms of planeswalker decks, this is a good card to where you're like. Mm-hmm. um well i just ulted that one now they're swinging at like and you're trying to protect everything else you're gonna route all damage to something you just ulted or something that's not as important route it to your army that you just created at some point in terms of limited and all it just that one cost protection is wonderful um mm-hmm. it can really turn a game around
0: My next card is going to be our first Planeswalker, and this is Vivian, Champion of the Wilds. She's two and a green, so three CMC. She's a legendary Planeswalker, Vivian. Um, And so she's rare. She has a static ability and two activated abilities. And so her static is you can cast creature spells as though they have flash. I like that. And then a plus one... Uh, Oh, she comes in full loyalty. So plus one um, until your next turn up to one target creature gains vigilance and reach. And then minus two, look at the top three cards of your library, exile one face down and put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. For as long as it remains exiled, you may look at that card and you may cast it if it is a creature. So one of the things that I like about that minus two is that since the card doesn't go Mm. into your hand, it doesn't count against your hand limit. And it can't be removed like with discard spells.
1: And also the ability Correct. to cast which it doesn't go away because nice. Vivian's not in the field anymore. Which is really nice. Um, mm-hmm. All in all, yeah. a great rare. Oh my goodness. This is a really strong rare for any creature based decks. Um, which is what green is. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to be great Whoa, and segue pair it with my next card Segway. um so i did pick this one because pro- mostly for segue mm-hmm. purposes not really it's also just a good card is vivian's arc bow it is the rare legendary artifact it costs one and a green and it has the ability of pay x and tap it you can discard a card and then you look at the top x cards of your library you may put a creature card with convert a mana cost X or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest mm-hmm. on the bottom of your library in a- random order. Um, cards like this are super abusable because it's at in- you can do this at instant speed. Um, so, you know, you left mana up to protect yourself from something. You didn't need to tap the rest down. Let's see what mm-hmm. you get. Um, I mean, it does have these slight drawback of that part of its cost is to discard a card whoop-dee-doo
0: right but if you play this in a deck with with creatures that enter the battlefield and draw a card like elvish visionary yes like it's the two drop one one elf that when it enters the battlefield draw a card there's a whole slew of creatures like that that you could play this with that come into play they're not a huge mana investment and then you Uh get your card back and so there's there, there's definitely ways of playing this that, that works out.
1: Yeah. Um, also, like, just a random piece about this set, too, um, is that because it is Ravnica, they do have a lot of dual cards, you know, trying to keep, like, within the guild's colors still. Mm-hmm. Um, so what makes me excited about this set, um, not even on our list, are, like, some of the mana pieces, mana generation mm-hmm. so you got fireminds vessel taps and add two mana of different colors um it, interplanar beacon one and tap it add two mana of different colors you can only use it to cast planeswalker spells but still like the mana fixing they are doing to make this set viable is super nice yeah um but yeah um so what's your next card cameron
0: my next card um, is going to be God eternal Bantu. And so on Amonkhet, um, we got a batch of, of creature types, creature type God. Um, and through the story, four of them end up getting turned into zombie gods. Um, and so this is kind of interesting because it's the first time that we've seen things that were, that were both gods and had a subtype. Um, and so there's a full cycle. Um, well, there's four of these. Um, the last God is, uh, Boar God, which is also pretty He's from great. He's Theros, isn't he? Um, hmm. Bantu?
1: No. Um, the Boar God. The
0: Raze Boar? I can't remember. Um, Ilharg, Ilharg, the raise Boar. I
1: don't know lore wise. I, I thought I remember someone saying yeah. that he was a god from another plane. Yeah.
0: Now, Ilharg is the only one that's actually a god of Ravnica. Oh, okay. The other four are gods from Right,
1: right. I knew that.
0: And so, um, so God Eternal Bantu is the black, um, black god. It's three black, black. So five total for a legendary creature, zombie god. Um, he has menace and then has when God Eternal Bantu enters the battlefield, sacrifice any number of other permanents, then draw that many cards. When God Eternal Bantu dies or is put into exile from the battlefield, you may put it into its owner's library third from the top. Um, so this is the fourth time that we've seen a mechanic for the gods, and they kind of always have this flavor of being very hard to kill. Um, so the original Theros gods were enchantments and were indestructible until you got a certain devotion. The original Amonkhet gods were just indestructible, but they were always creatures. but They couldn't attack or block until you fulfilled some sort of condition. The multi cluttered Amonkhet gods when they died they would come back to your hand at instep yep and so now this iteration when they die or are exiled they go into your library third from the top
1: yeah it's kind of and so I like that they they have played with that aspect of mm -hmm. the god cards you know right um having different iterations of their I guess immortality yeah um in essence
0: yeah, different plays on that same yeah, trope. Exactly.
1: It's like, oh, you just can't remove it. Oh, well, it's going to come back somehow. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And now it's it yeah. still comes back. It's just a different thing. It doesn't have the subtext that it's hard to remove or things right. of the sort. So
0: th- the thing that I like about Bantu is I'm, I'm sure you've been in this position in a commander game where you kind of just get to the point where you have a bunch of mana that you don't necessarily need on all of your turns. What? And so that's the happens. ability to like sac- sacrifice like four or five lands and then turn them into new cards. I really like. Um, I'm thinking specifically for my marine deck. Um and this card also combos really well with World Shaper, which is a Merfolk that when it dies, you return all lands from your graveyard to the battlefield.
1: If you had something with So you
0: can sack sack a bunch of lands and world shaper, you draw a bunch of cards, and then world shaper's ability brings all of your lands back you
1: imagine like doing that with a landfall card on the field that'd be pretty bananas That's, okay land matters deck is a king commander too you do have yep. a specialized planeswalker that can be your commander mm-hmm. um and also just think about like these gods with the arc bow yep like, oh, there it is came back Boop them out at instant, instant back. speed yep you guys forgot about this. <laughs> um, what is your next card, Chris? My next card. Um, let's go with single combat, um, mm-hmm. because every, we need more board wipes in our life. Um, each put- blue white dragon tribal does. Huh. Blue white dragon tribal does. No. <laughs> um so single combat costs three and two white um it is each player chooses a creature or planeswalker they control then sacrifices the rest players can't cast creature or planeswalker spells until the end of your next turn what i mm-hmm. love about this is that normally you're spending mana for a board wipe. it puts you kind of at a disadvantage all the other players get a chance to kind of rebuild their board state well before you and it's really frustrating that mm-hmm. be be the one that plays the board wipe not with this one because they can't reset up that standard board state with the creatures or planeswalkers until after you have your next turn right boom um
0: i definitely think too like and one of the good things about this is like while everyone gets to choose if you're playing this in your deck the creature or planeswalker you're choosing to keep is probably really important yes whether it's a Voltron Commander where you really just want them on the field, or if it's a Planeswalker that can remove creatures or other Planeswalkers, uh-huh. like there's so much that you can get with this card that that upsets the parity of them getting to choose what they keep. Yeah. So it's like, like, like think like this plus Garouk Apex Predator. It's like cool. He has an ability that destroys pl- creatures and destroys Planeswalkers. See ya
1: yep Link. i also like this because it well i wish it would actually in a in a, in a way because most of these cards um when it's every player has to choose something mm-hmm. it determine it sets a plate precedent for the order right this does it <laughs> at the same time yeah you can sit back i and think be there's like, you guys can choose first yeah
0: i think there's like in the rules a way that like order always happens unless it's spelled out but probably so I think I was listening to um, Drive to Work, Mark Rosewater's podcast, and he was talking about like the five golden rules of
1: magic. Start with yourself, and
0: and I think one of them is the order of things when order is not clarified. Shh. Shh. But I do not remember that order. So it's people typically to be start with
1: yourself and go clockwise. Yeah. If I remember, like that's yeah. that's the way that's normally outlined, and they probably stopped including that text because it's yeah. the a golden rule now like possibly Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i don't know (laughs) um but yeah great kind of board wipe um strategic has good politics with it but yeah also the flavor text not even Mm -hmm. a threat to the entire multiverse could persuade them to put aside their feud yep
0: and the art is nahiri and soren fighting which was the whole um not av not Avison restored um eldritch moon yeah. yeah there we go plot line of nahiri and soren just bickering over how they've both been awful people to each other <laughs> mostly soren it's kind of all his fault but like just saying um, and and so nahiri brings an eldrazi to his plane just to say suck it and um but it's it's really good. Yeah, I love the art for that card.
1: I love all the art in the set for the most part. Like, um, I think it's one of your cards. Maybe, I don't know. I, I don't think know. you're up next anyway. So,
0: yep. My next card, um, is a card that I think is on the list for possibly one of the most powerful cards in the set, and that's Karn, the Great Creator. It's a four generic mana. Um, for a legendary Planeswalker Karn, comes in with five loyalty. Um, And his passive is that activated abilities of artifacts your opponent's control can't be activated. Plus one until your next turn up to one target non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its converted mana cost. And then minus two, you may choose an artifact card you own from outside the game or in exile. Reveal that card and put it in your hand. Um, so, from a competitive standpoint, in standard, there's an infinite combo with Karn. Like, now granted, it's janky, but like, there already is a combo there. Um, in modern, there's a card called Mycocinth Lattice, which turns all permanents into artifacts, yep. including your opponent's lands. Yep. And so Karn makes it so your opponents can't use mana for the rest of the game. <laughs> so, that's kind of janky but fun um i guess it's a fun lockout strategy if you're into that um no. then on top of the fact <laughs> of just like being able like in competitives like whenever you see something that says outside the game that means in your sideboard um and so the ability to go get an artifact from your sideboard that isn't in your deck so it's protected from a lot of abilities like that's really powerful too on top of just being able to get the specific like situational card that you might not want in your main deck
1: right and so also do be aware there are no sideboards in commander like officially so right using that ability is completely up to your play group um if you are in a official like game store um keep in mind don't plan on activating that ability probably not going to be allowed um and, and I would say if you do plan on activating
0: the ability, have a 15 card sideboard with you. Yep. Don't don't do the like, okay, well, I need to go through my binder to find the card I want. Like, if people are gonna bend the rules for you, right, make it easy for them.
1: Yeah, but it's like, oh yeah, I played this card just for this ability, and let me be an inconvenience. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really good card, especially for activated abilities um also at rare level yep just throwing that out there um definitely really strong gonna be fun card Mm -hmm. all in all okay chris what's your next card my next card is actually let's go back to some spells narset's reversal this is almost a counter spell i mean it is mm-hmm. straight up a counter spell but it it's a good card um also like do casting this type of spell um in response to your own thing at the same time can be phenomenal um so it yeah. costs two blue and you copy target instant or sorcery spell and then you return it to its owner's hand right so mm-hmm. was, that, that that means they're no longer casting it right correct right and then you may choose new targets for the copy um right. just i i love that um also narsa mm-hmm. is just phenomenal awesome planeswalker yeah um actually probably one of my favorites um lore wise um but yes it's yep. in response to you casting that pump spell i'm gonna mm-hmm. <laughs> let me pop my, my own creatures. Yep. i'm gonna take it cool. um
0: I'd, I'd like to walk you through this play pattern as well I cast a lightning bolt targeting you. You counterspell my lightning bolt. I Narset's reversal my lightning bolt. So now I have my original card back in my hand. I still have a copy of lightning bolt targeting whatever I was targeting. Mm -hmm. And you had to use
1: your counterspell. Yeah. Yeah. And like
0: that is a competitive, like it's
1: similar to what we see with remand and modern. And then in response, I'm also going to cast lightning bolt again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Double lightning bolt after I had just altered finale. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so there's a really promise. good planes, play play pattern. targeting insult. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a lot of setup, but oh yeah. my goodness, that'd be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. It's, it's a card that you, you know you're thinking oh i'm that it's as a kind of a almost kind of a counter to some someone else's cast mm-hmm. but now it's also like oh there's a utility here i could target my own stuff as i'm casting make copies recast mm-hmm. and do more or it double utilize a card i have that i want to double utilize um, mm-hmm. cast it in response to insult. Double yep. insult. Then finale of promise. So you have <laughs> five triggers of insult. I'm sorry, I'm just. Why it's not? really
0: on that train. Nothing wrong, wrong with that. Welcome the commander?
1: Insult to injury <laughs> is one of my favorite cards in yeah. red, just because it's damage can't be prevented. Double all damage, and you can just go ham that that turn mm-hmm. if you can manage something. Um, and it, It's just red is just going to be fun. Yep. I like red.
0: My next card, speaking of forced segues, is Narset, Parter of the Veil. What? And so it's a one blue blue. It's our first uncommon planeswalker. Um, And so she only has a static ability and then a minus. Um, Her static ability is each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. And then her minus two is look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a non-creature, non-land card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And so one of the things I really like about the Uncommon Planeswalkers is that since they don't have an ultimate, I feel like people are less likely to be attacking into them. And so you're more likely to have a card like this sit around for a longer time in Commander.
1: Right. Well, maybe um, not necessarily Narset, like, depending on the decks you're playing. Like, if they're already not doing a ton of card draw, they're probably not going to mm-hmm. target it very much. Right. If their deck revolves around card draw, right, they're going to get rid of her as soon as they can. It just depends. Um, right. But, all in all, great card. Narset, one of my favorite Planeswalkers. Um, this time in mono blue.
0: Mm-hmm. She was um, blue-white
1: last time. Blue-white last time, yeah. And... And an uncommon level. Also, she's Asian. Just saying. Yep. Oh, speaking
0: of that, um, did you see the alternate arts for the Japanese versions of these cards? Yes. That Like, have you seen Narsets? I don't think I have. I think I missed that one. So for for listeners, I'll try to remember to throw this in the show notes. Wizards announced that, I think it's 50% of the time in Japanese packs, these Planeswalkers were having like more anime inspired art. Um, And they're really cool. I like them a lot. Um, and I really like Narset's. Uh, like I said, I'll try to remember throw that that link to those images in the show notes um, for this episode. I think i but I don't think I saw Narset's. Um. Um, if you're on Mythic Spoiler, when you mouse over the the art, card art, it'll switch it to the Japanese version. Um, and that's how I remembered. As I moused over her art, and it flipped it. Oh. Um, but yeah, so shout out to that i really like i'm especially for like some of these uncommon ones i think i'm probably going to be doing that
1: just because they look so cool yeah i would definitely like i'm definitely gonna buy some of these alternate arts like i don't care if they're in japanese um yeah
0: oh and i should say if you play cards in a foreign language be very sure you know what they do yes to like listeners like that's a don't or be like have the like the actual text have the english to one go. somewhere yeah or yeah don't just try to like
1: off the top of your head be like i think it does this like no you need to know exactly at the uncommon level if you have the japanese version also buy the just spend the extra yeah. like 50 cents that's gonna be cost you to get the yeah. english version boom and then you can have it out have a binder oh this is what it does yep done yeah so what is your
0: next card chris
1: oh it's my turn already um i guess i'll get i do the planeswalker i have picked for this set um just because i kind of like her um which is tamio Mm -hmm. um she is a rare she is in simic colors she's two in a two a green and a blue um Spells your abilities your control can't cause you to discard cards or sacrifice permanence. This is just a good static ability um, to maintain protection for your hand as well as getting around the sacrifice effects um, which are a lot stronger and especially like we mentioned a board wipe earlier that forces everyone mm-hmm. to sacrifice everything else. Um, good card to have on the field if someone tries to cast that. Um, whatever. It's really mostly your static ability that's really phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But her 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 general abilities aren't half bad. Um, choose a non-land card name, then reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all the cards with the chosen name from among them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Not great in Commander okay. unless unless you're playing a deck where you have a lot of control over what's on top. Or what you've been seeing, or Mm -hmm. like, you know, you can scry way down, and you know the order of things. You know what's in the top four, and you want to be able to pull like a specific one from to your hand. Um, We saw that in the last commander sets. There is a top of your deck matters that gives you a lot of that control. Um, Although I think in different color sets, maybe yeah, because it was Aminatu, wasn't it? So it was Esper. Aminato, yeah. No. Yes, yes, yeah. So it's Esper. So it's slacking green. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's it's, gonna, it's opening up other options for you to use a different commander or something mm-hmm. if you want to build a similar form of deck, you know, or more creature-based version. Right. Um, also, you get some graveyard recursion for her minus three. You return target card from your graveyard to your mm-hmm. hand. Graveyard recursion is always great, um, especially when someone counters something you don't want countered yep. or... Removed it and you're like, ah. and well,
0: you emblem a planeswalker and you want them back.
1: Yeah, I, it's like ooh, uh, <laughs> I've had
0: that happen before.
1: Me too, but there's a really, really good uh, recursion spell also for those planeswalker decks, which I'm sure you're running. Primeval Rebirth. From oh yes, Dominaria.
0: yes, I, yeah. I thought you meant in this that set. And I was like, oh there no. is? I missed that.
1: All I'm saying, like, there is one card with paired with primeval rebirth, mm-hmm. is just dumb. Which is it on our list? I don't know. Um, but yeah, Tameo Collector of Tales is the one I narrowed down my like mm-hmm. I love all the planeswalkers in the set, not gonna lie. But I did just want to pick at least one because yeah, she was cool and I like her static ability a lot. Um, and it might just be because I play with all the people that first do sack things, and I hate that. I hate it. Um, yep. And yeah. So
0: my next on. um I cheated. I couldn't narrow it down. There were two cards that were too similar to be separated out in terms of their general effect. And so this is my targeted removal slot. So the first one is the spark, which is white black. Instant exile target permanent with converted mana cost four or greater. Really good utility. A lot of cards, especially in commander are CMC four or greater. And it's a good way. Just get a permanent off the field. My next card, um, again, kind of in that same boat is the elder spell, which is costs black, black. It's a sorcery. It says destroy any number of target planeswalkers, choose a planeswalker you control, put two loyalty counters on it for each planeswalker destroyed this way. So you,
1: that's the spell i was thinking of like you do that destroy all your planeswalker one planeswalker class primeval rebirth bring everything back yeah um
0: so this is a really cool spell like chris just illustrated one of the upsides of it is you can hit your own planeswalkers like it's probably not your main play pattern but that throws off the math of how far you are away from ultimating a planeswalker like if you can jump two Uh or three turns in an activation like that's a lot like cast a planeswalker get rid of two other ones that you already use their abilities this turn and then alt the one you just cast that's really powerful Uh, yeah Yeah,
1: and it's it's surprising like they don't expect you to do that um or like some of the neg abilities Mm -hmm. are so strong on some planeswalkers you know it gives you an excuse oh i'm gonna ult it and i'm well i'm gonna minus use the minus ability do this Excess Now like I know it doesn't have really have a chance of surviving now because it's also its mm-hmm. ult is still a threat. Um we're going to Elder Spell, remove all this, ult this guy that I just put cast and pass. I don't know. Um it is Yep. Just a great card.
0: I love uh, yes. And both like the spark is gonna be more of just like a accepted evil. It's gonna just always be there in any white black deck. Um, but it, it, it should mm-hmm. be in pretty much every white black deck as in commander.
1: And so... Right. We need a lot of yeah. these cheap costs. Like, it's... Especially instant speed removal yeah. is... It's... You know, it, it it's what it, yep. we need. Like, regardless. um It's not, like, phenomenal. I mean, it has stipulations. It's not, like, the best two-cost... hmm removal spell out there because we know what that is that's a <laughs> trophy um uh, what but yeah and Orzov. It's, it's gonna be a great card actually they did a really good job um with a lot of these removal spells in the in the mm-hmm. gold colors um which is actually what brings me to my next one granted this one it it it's expensive but it, it's so flexible that it's, it just makes sense that it's a good card, which is Casualties of War. Um, Casualties of War is a Golgari card. Costs total of six. It's two, two black, and two green. Um, and it is a rare. It, it's, and then it has choose one or more. So you could actually choose all of them. Um, destroy target artifact. Destroy target creature. Destroy target enchantment. Destroy target land. Destroy target planeswalker. Um, we have seen cards like this before kind of but they weren't mm-hmm. as flexible. Like like they were well cost cards that allowed you to destroy all of these things. But you had to have a valid target right. for all of them for you to cast it. This one it's like ah, I know I don't want to have to use the six cost to destroy one thing but it gives you some flexibility if you need to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: or you can destroy multiple and you're gonna it's it's a good control way to kind of mm-hmm. assist in keeping people others board states down if you need yep. to my next card oh. until until you cast it and someone's <laughs> reversals it that'd be crazy oh my goodness that is a good card to narset reverse. Uh,
0: yeah because they're also probably not casting that again the same turn because so, that's six mana so they're not right. going to just be like oh well i'm going to just do it again right so um my next card um is saheeli sublime artificer which is one then hybrid blue red hybrid blue red which means you can choose to pay blue or red um for each of those so it's three total converted mana cost uh, legendary planeswalker Sahili comes in with five loyalty when you cast a non-creature spell create a 1-1 colorless servo artifact creature token. And then target artifact, or minus two, target artifact you control becomes a copy of another target artifact or creature you control until end of turn, except as an artifact in addition to its other types. So you can turn, you get artifact tokens for casting non-creature spells, which is really good. Um, There's a chance this will see competitive play in modern based on that alone. And then you have the ability... To turn an artifact into something better for one turn. So you can turn one of those 1 1 servos, a treasure token, any of those things, into a better creature or a better artifact. And that's really powerful. Like people could get two Panharmonicons, two um Paradox engines, like two worm coil engines. Like there's a lot of really good cards that you could transform this into. On top of just transforming into just like, oh well, here's my twelve twelve creature like it that betrays or whatever, and just get the get, get the attack in with two of those like like there's so much that you can do with this card, um, yeah,
1: um, they have I don't know why they have a really easy time <laughs> breaking Sahili. <laughs> Um, it's always a Sahili Planeswalker yep. that ends up being a problem. Um, also, gorgeous Japanese art on this one also
0: for the the Japanese version.
1: Yeah, I'm buying all of those. Definitely play, buying every Japanese art version out there for these cards because it's just, especially for EDH, it's just good flavor mm-hmm. for an EDH deck. But I'm also going to have them all in English too, I hope. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Sahili is a problem. Not really. Um, also good just kind of advantage um in is it colors? Because is it's hard sometimes? Mm-hmm. You could draw cards, but you don't always draw lands. <laughs> um and so it gives you an advantage or uh kind of like where you can your ramp is so much an artifact yeah. ramp, um, and is it that she's gonna? She's just a good addition, especially because she's cheap. All right. Uh, my next card is time warp. I believe. Maybe. <laughs> yes, time warp okay Azorius. it's the Azurious sorcery card um rare um it a five cost, two two white and a blue um return a creature you control to its owner's yep. hand then destroy all creatures yes <laughs> protect yourself protecting protect your mm-hmm. protect a card destroy everything else boom um I love these types of board wipes because they allow you to maintain a semblance of control over the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, puts you at a slight card. You know, you're getting card advantage from it. Um, maintaining um, important pieces to your strategy, which is always fun. Yep. Um, people hate it.
0: My next card <laughs> is Massacre Girl which is three black-black, five total CMC. Um, oh she's goodness. a legendary creature, human assassin. what do you say? You mean
1: board wipe? Yeah. You mean just and, um, creature board she's
0: wipe? She's a menacing 4-4. When she enters the battlefield, each other creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. Whenever a creature dies this turn, each creature other than Massacre, get, Massacre Girl gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. So if they have... like even this includes your own creatures. So you can destroy them too, but that might be more of a feature, not a bug. Um, so like if there's a one, one, a two, two and a three, three, they all die and you can just go up the chart. But something else that's really cool about this is because of the way her ability is worded. Things can die later in the turn, not because of her ability and it resets the chain. And I think that's really cool too. So you might only kill one or two creatures right away with her ability. But then you cast a removal spell to destroy one more creature and then that restarts it and that kills two or one or two more creatures, et cetera, et cetera. And then she always stays around because her ability doesn't affect her. And so I think that that's a re- she's a really cool creature. Yeah, She definitely seems, because it's minus one, minus one also, she seems like she could be a really good commander. Just as a way of just like, these are hard to remove permanents, we're going to just take a bunch out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's something. Also, like if you have certain effects mm-hmm. on the field where you can sack things to start her her triggering yeah. in response to something, um, also yeah. gets around indestructible as a result, and you know it's yeah. not sac as well. Yeah, it's, it does
0: have to be the turn she comes uh, into play, which is kind of good the, removal. Like, again, that's probably more of a feature than a bug, but um, that is kind of the one could be difficulty with this, but there's so much you can do with this card to keep the chain going.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's something that ultimately like you can, you have some leeway. There are ways to, if you need to, Mm -hmm. where you can get rid of her, bring her back. And even in mono black and EDH, um, you're going to have some other options to assist you in being able to reactivate that ability on a tur- on turns and good thing she doesn't have haste that'd be dumb
0: you are right <laughs> what's your next card
1: um i also so my next card um i did pick one of these other just straight across the board um theme sets um which is the uncommon sorcery spells we have the bond of blank um in this case i've picked bond of discipline which is a five cost it costs four and a white it's tap all creatures your control you, you your opponent's mm-hmm. control creatures you control gain lifelink until end of turn this is a wonderful just turn combat trick um just oh okay yeah. gain a ton of life yeah and on top of good. like
0: you gain all that life back which means they're probably like your other opponents probably aren't killing you. So like you can use this to kill a player, right. knock them out of the game and then gain a bunch of life. The other two players that are left in a typical four person pod can't then gang up on you and knock you out.
1: Yes. Right. At least not in that next turn right away, mm-hmm. um, depending on your always board state, obviously. But... Um, but all in all, right. If you need to be that person that, gets mm-hmm. rid of the biggest threat currently this turn boom you got it and it's, it's good yeah
0: mm-hmm. my next card um is ral storm conduit we- who is then four blue red or two blue red for total cmc he's a rare planeswalker his static ability is whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell ral storms conduit deals one damage to target opponent or planeswalker Plus two to Scry one, minus two. When you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new copy, new targets for that copy. And he comes in with four loyalty. Um, really solid abilities. This plus two to Scry one is kind of is what it is. Um, but that anytime you cast or copy a spell, deal one damage. Like in your hypothetical Niv Mizzet deck, like. That's really powerful. You're going to be casting a bunch of, like, instants and sorceries to draw cards with Niv-Mizzet anyway, which will then let you ping with Niv-Mizzet and let you ping with Ral Zarek. And then you can also copy things to do it even more. It's, there's just so much going on. What? Um, really like it. Also, cool Japanese art. Yeah. We're going to keep saying that. Ral...
1: Ral is definitely a card I've I've been eyeing. Um, <laughs> go is <with> it? <laughs> Especially when you get multiple triggers, it's, it's it's such a good static ability just in general. Um, I guess that brings us to my last card, which you know you you saw this coming. I have my last card <laughs> has that al- I have to include at least one elf. If there are elves in the set. So, um, my last card is Evolution Sage. It is an uncommon, costs two and a green. It is a 3-2 elf druid creature. And it has the ability, whenever a land enters the battlefield, under your control, proliferate. Yeah. Um, this is dumb.
0: Really good with anything landfall. It turns out, pretty much every deck plays lands, because you have to.
1: Right. And so... This is a great card for like in Super Friends, if I'm thinking about my Traxa deck. Um, if you get those late turn, you know, mm-hmm. ramp spell cards. Yeah. It's like, oh, let me okay, so Evolution Sage is on the field, or I cast Evolution Sage and then cast all this ramp cards, proliferate. Oh, there's two lands for that one. Another land there, you know, I yeah. proliferate four times in a turn. If you have Planeswalkers on the field, some good ult timing. Yep. Um,
0: Again, it's enough to throw off the math, and that's really powerful in Super friends decks.
1: Yeah. Also, if you're thinking of the Landfall or Lands Matters decks, Lord Windgrace becomes really easy to ult. Uh, yep. With this card, you know you you are proliferating off his own abilities. Yep. Great synergy there. If that is a deck you run. Hmm. lands matters
0: yep my last card turns out is kind of every card
1: this card's great
0: and that's because it's spark double which is three and a blue so four total cmc it's a creature illusion you may have sp- it's a zero zero um you may have spark double into the battlefield as a copy of a creature or planeswalker you control except it enters with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. If it's a creature, it enters with an additional loyalty counter on it. If it's a planeswalker and it isn't legendary, if that permanent is legendary. So this lets you have two of the exact same legendary creature or legendary planeswalker. Yep. And that's really cool.
1: That is crazy. Especially since you, you can copy planeswalkers. hmm. Like, wait what yeah (laughs) um it it's a good card i i'm excited to run this card i want this card so bad because it it's flexible it's not like the past you know oh yeah it's not only the fact that you can copy a creature yep um like a crazy good creature that's legendary it yeah planeswalkers too now you're getting double triggers you can (sighs) yep so good
0: yeah i i really like this card um it's i i think a shoe-in for most super friends decks if not all and it's probably a card that every single blue deck once should be playing in commander as long as you have a couple creatures that you would like to copy it can
1: only target your own right but in terms of commander though that is your commander yeah having two of your commander on the field can be really inconvenient depending on that commander. Mm -hmm. Um, It enters the battlefield as a double. So, I mean, like if you're playing Demir and you happen to have massacre girl out. Yeah. Boom. you Get those triggers Um,
0: going. Like, yeah. So there is really cool stuff. I really like this card. Um, It's one of those that on its own, because it's a clone, it isn't a very powerful card but the number of things that you can do with it because it's a clone is really powerful.
1: Yeah. Especially things that you normally wouldn't be able to do yeah. that you can only do, especially in our, in commander or other formats mm-hmm. that you normally wouldn't be able to do. Um, or, you know, there's still abilities. So if you can troll something that you stole, like an, is it? So if you, if you do it, oh, first, yeah, spell yeah. Abilities, now you create a copy that's bigger than their current creature. If you steal it, you know, and then sack theirs and
0: Mm -hmm. super
1: obnoxious, it's a roundabout way for a permanent steal almost. Yeah. Um,
0: And you get to keep a copy, even though you might lose the original.
1: Right. So. Good. Yeah. I'm buying all those as soon as I like, just so I have them for when I build blue decks. It's such a good card. um i think that's yeah so that's that has those were our top tens obviously we are big fans of this set um we're just big fans of magic in general Mm -hmm. um this i feel like though this is one of those sets where people are like well they broke magic again Um, (laughs) potentially in some ways they definitely did but i don't think like looking at the set in general, until the pros start showing that some things are broken, it's really hard to say. There is so much flexibility in a lot of these cards and the different color themes that you can do and build around. Um, I think it's going to be a very interesting meta until someone accidentally breaks something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like saffron Olive.
0: <laughs> One of the things I'm really excited about that too is because the Pro Tour is this weekend, it's actually a pre release Pro Tour. Or Mythic Championship. And so it's going to be really cool to see the pros who haven't gotten, like, obviously they've probably proxied, but like, it'll be the first time like we'll actually have results for decks and, um, in limited. And so that's going to be really cool also to see.
1: Yeah. Um, let us know what you think. Um, Mm -hmm. let us know what your favorite cards are from the set. Um, what cards you think should be in turn should be in every commander deck or maybe you play a different format what cards are you most looking forward to
0: and if they would like to send us that stuff that they're excited for they can find us on our social media which is one geek 411 on facebook twitter and our playstation community they can send us an email at one st geek 411 at gmail.com they can rate and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google podcasts. And they can check out our show notes over at one geek, Then they can find us on our personal social media accounts. Mine is humor. And I'm not so foreign. And they can let us know what they're excited about playing from war of the spark. Um, and so with that, Chris, it's been a great special episode.
1: Yes, it has. Be sure to turn in tune in next week though. For all the news we need to get caught up on.
0: Yes, because there is a
1: lot. News and also. Be sure to tune in next week for our crossover podcast with our sister podcast, Faith, Trust and Pixie Dust, where we will be discussing our thoughts on Endgame.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be really exciting. I'm excited for us to finally have a crossover. We've talked about it for a while um, and it's finally here. And so. Make sure to come back and check it out next week. So with that, Chris, it's been a great week. I love you.